This episode is a freak news alert about the release of Star Wars Clone Wars into the theaters this week. I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. And transfer out, freak! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, fork-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-legged, Worm-headed sack of monkeys! Matt, Matt, Matt! Matt, Matt, Matt! And now, together by live simulation via the internets, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell. Blah, blah, blah! We interrupt this podcast to bring you this podcast. Hi, I'm Scott Gardner. One of the co-freaks of Two True Freaks, and with me as always is my co-freak, Chris Honeywell. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. I'm a freak. <laughs> All right. This, uh, this episode of Two True Freaks, we are actually jumping out of our normal order to bring you this special, uh, special episode, I guess you would say. What we're going to do, we're going to try something a little, a little different, maybe even a little unique. We're going to spend a few minutes... We're about a week away from uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie, um, as we record this. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time and we're going to speculate on our ideas about what what we hope for, what we think this movie might be about, what we're hoping it's about, the kind of shit we want to see in it, and that sort of thing. Just kind of get our, our, our hopes and fears and all that out there for just a few minutes. And then we're going to come back a little later in the episode after we've actually seen the movie and uh, and give you so basically you're going to get a before and after perspective you know what what we are hoping for before and what we have thought of it afterwards and and I'm hoping that everything's positive on both <laughs> yeah that sides. would be so, awesome wouldn't it <laughs> that would be nice that would be a refreshing <laughs> change from a lot of the movies that I've seen lately so I'll tell you um, if George Lucas a hundred percent satisfies you and me then he's doing real good. <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you and I we we both enjoyed the prequel trilogy, you know. I I don't hate on it near as much as I hear a lot of other people hate on it. Um I'm not thrilled with the Phantom Menace, but it has grown on me over time. Me too. You know, it's still my least favorite of the six but you know it, it has grown on me to where you know there are enjoyable parts I, I can sit through it and i really liked two and three as a matter of fact uh you know two is my favorite of the prequel trilogy i know a lot of people like the third one the the revenge of the sith the best but uh i really like the second one the best well i remember walking I like out both, of it you know i like i'm sorry i remember walking out of episode two going now there, like I actually liked episode one, but episode two felt like a real Star Wars movie, and it had the light 
you know, moving along brisket, although there were dark parts of it, it had that Star Wars just moving along feeling from, you know, just enough story and uh, from action scene to action scene. It was, I, I walked out and I walked out of that movie really happy. Yeah. I I did too. I, I really enjoyed it, you know, and uh, it was one of those things where, um, you know, conditions going to the movie were actually conspiring against me enjoying it because we went very, very late to see it. I mean, it was really late. Um, and I went with my, my dad and my sister and we took Scotty and Scotty, you know, my, my oldest son, Scotty. And at that time, Scotty was little still. And let me think, what, what year did that movie come out? Like 2003, two, two or three, two or three. So Scotty was, uh, well, let me think. He would have been about six or seven years old, I guess. So, you know, he was yeah. really young for being up that late at night for like a that. You know, that movie's what? That movie's pushing three hours, right? Well, it was it was two and a half, two and a half, hours. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, that late at night, you know, a two and a half hour movie. You know, conditions were kind of conspiring against me. Um. You know, really enjoying it, but I did. I, I enjoyed it anyway. I, I thought it was it was you know really an entertaining movie, and uh, you know I I got a serious Empire vibe off of that movie, which I think is what they were going for. Sure. What, what Lucas definitely going for with all of the prequel sure. movies. I mean, they're, they're really each one is is pretty much a rehash of you know a mirror. Yes. Of the of the original trilogy. And, you know, I know that that really bugged some people, and it bugged me to a degree, but somehow it worked with with uh, Attack of the Clones because it was just different enough, yet similar enough to where I enjoyed the similarities, and I really liked, like, the differences and, and I won't say improvements, but just, you know, the, the battle, the action is much more prevalent in that one as opposed to like empire where empire you know has action throughout and all but you know the end of that movie is pretty much you know leia lando and chewie getting away from you know the empire and that's pretty much the end of the movie whereas the end of a attack of the clones is really where you know i mean all all you know all bets off oh yeah i mean every you know the war breaks out and you know it's just you know, all out action. And I think that's what I really liked about that. And I think, I think that was, main, you know, a lot of people's main complaint with the prequel trilogy is that, you know, there was a lot of dialogue, a lot of political intrigue, but it just doesn't seem to have the, the action, you know, of, of the original trilogy, but that last, what, 30, 40 minutes of, of attack of the clones. I mean, it's nothing, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, a, major action it's jedis doing what jedis do best to the full extent of their jediness and a whole bunch of them at once fighting right Thou you know thousands battling and it could finally be done to the point i remember when i first got that movie on dvd and i had um I, on my old pc i had a super maxed out video card and it came with a you know a all player um, program on it, and you could zoom in on the screen. Uh, you oh, could watch wow. a DVD and zoom in on a part of the screen. And for the most part, it was 
a nice novelty, you know, but it was never really useful. But when I put in that episode two disc and started taking that stadium scene where it would be a high shot way above the stadium and you'd see little teeny tiny, you know, just almost stick figures fighting. They were They were like ants. It was like an ant fight. And you would zoom in and and you could zoom right in on stuff and it would be a little pixelated but it was a ama- you know it was ridiculous the the amount of detail that it, you could see you know you would see a blob and you'd zoom in on it and you could see their costume and like their lightsaber going and you could actually tell what kind of you know who it was if it was um you know Mace Windu you could actually make him out it was such a high quality picture that's that's sort of a sidetrack but you know it it actually captured the feel of a battle like that that's in, cool. in a really inventive way and that's something that they couldn't have done it they could have done it in the other star wars movies but they would have had to approach it differently it would have been filmed differently and uh and that the cg from episode one to episode two had gotten a lot better so all of a sudden you had you know, what I loved about that is the the creatures in the stadium were sort of like Ray Harryhausen creatures. Yeah, I thought that too. And, uh, but, um, yeah, I have a feeling, actually, like Episode 2, since it's between Episode 2 and 3, I think Clone Wars is going to have a lot of the feel of Episode 2. I think... Uh, then, see, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm really hoping, because that's my, my favorite era if you will of of the prequel trilogy is you know that whole, whole thing you know the the last 30 40 minutes of attack of the clones and the first however long it is of episode 3 you know up until the ship crashes you know on on Coruscant you know the whole you know when they fly in at the beginning it's the big space battle that those two sequences and then you know the clone wars animated series that bridge that gap on television yes that whole stretch to me is is really that that's a great movie in itself if you if you play it through like that oh yeah and and that's my favorite era of the whole prequel thing is is the end of two beginning of three and that stretch in the in the animated series i i think that's great and i i actually i really like the fact that that's where they're placing this movie. I know right. a lot of people are worried about that, and they're thinking, "How can you have well, any you know, suspense?" Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, we talked about it when we did our, our our Spielberg show. You know that, you know, Temple of Doom is a prequel. Yes, and my, you know, my favorite indie in peril moment of the original Indiana Jones trilogy is that moment where he's headed into the rock crusher head first and you know damn well he's not going to die cuz it's a prequel but it's still that's my it's that's that my well made yeah. yeah it's that it's that intense it's that nail biting edge of your seat oh my god he's going to die moment and uh, you know i i have faith that they could they could give you some genuine moments like that in this and you know i mean we knew watching you know, Clone Wars, and well, we we knew watching all of the prequel movies that you know Anakin wasn't going to die. We pretty much knew what was what was going to happen to him, more or but less. Was still, yeah, more or less. You know, to a degree, we knew that he was going to get you know horribly disfigured and become Darth Vader. So, you know, but still, you know, there were a lot of well, take uh, take the other uh, 
uh, main character take Obi-Wan. No, he knew damn well Obi-Wan wasn't going to die because he's in episode four. And right. we saw him die in that movie. So we knew he was going to be okay. But there's a lot of genuine peril moments with Obi-Wan in the prequel That's trilogy. You know, there's there's a lot of moments where you're like, damn, you know, how is he going to get out of this? Or, you know, how is he going to live through that? Or, you know. Yep. So I, I I have faith that, you know, that this one will really entertain. You see, my theory is that it's not even going to be be like I think it's going to be more like the the TV series where we won't have to worry about bad dialogue so much because hopefully there won't be a there'll be dialogue but it's just going to be sort of here and there and I'm I'm thinking since it's since it's computer animated and it's animated you really don't want to animate people talking. Nobody wants to right. watch animated characters standing around talking. They, exactly. And, and the possibilities of different kinds of um, battles and fighting that we haven't seen before, doing it with pure animated characters who don't have to defi- you know, follow all the... They can follow different laws of physics because... You're not looking at a real person. When you see a real person, you're sort of expecting them to move a certain way. And since they're exaggerated animated characters, you can get a lot more creative with camera angles and the, just the way um, action sequences play out. And even if they use some of the cool things... Because basically the Clone Wars TV show was just one big fight sequence... You yeah, got to see, see that, what the war was like. Right. And that That's my hope for this movie is that, you know, it, it kind of goes along with, with my rant about, you know, like Jurassic Park and certain movies like that where I go in with an expectation of I'm just going to see a big action movie and then I go in and they give you, you know, an hour and a half of some stupid story that you don't give a shit about. You know, a bunch of characters that ought to just be dinosaur fodder. And instead, you know, they're telling you their life history and who they are in love with and who they have a secret lust well, for. Well, that's so like, they can have character I development. I don't want character development in this movie. I hope that there's zero who needs it? character development in this movie. I hope that, the, you know what? I hope this movie plays for as long as it runs, an hour and a half, two hours, however long this movie runs. I hope that we get basically an extended version of like the first few episodes of Clone Wars. Like you remember the, I think it's episodes like two through four or five where the, it's taken place on that banking planet and the arc troopers go in and it's like, you know, they go in and they have to disable this big gun and then that big arm, Dude, Scourge or whatever his name is comes out and fights Kenobi on the speeder bikes. And it, I mean, there's very little dialogue. There's really very little story. It's pretty much okay. Here's the deal: you're on this planet. Here's the bad guys. You guys are the good guys. You got to go in. You got to disable the weapon and 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 take over the city. And I mean, it was a very basic story, yeah, and, and that was just, I mean, action, action, yeah. action. It was a great episode and with what, very little dialogue or or setup. Well, what was great about it, uh, what, what, what helped that Clone Wars show a lot was uh, the guy who did it was, well, you know, George Lucas was, I'm sure, in, you know, Lucasfilm was completely involved in it, but it was the guy who did the Samurai Jack cartoons. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know his name, but he had a real, he has his own style, and he, he made, you know, he, 
alter it was a very stylized kind of artwork that he likes to use but the way he employs it and the way he employs perspective and sound and everything he would put very realistic elements in it you know and like it, you would see a scene and a ship would fly th through it or something it wasn't just like a straight up shot of a ship flying there was a it was a nice angle and there was a hint of realism to it by the way you know it you would see it disappear and maybe a little puff of smoke as it crashed or something but it was done in a very you know he he definitely had a vision that made it that that took the stylized aspect of it and made it realistic and that is sort of what fueled it and you know the the beginning scenes where you know somebody's being watched through a scope and it's zooming in and out and mm -hmm. uh and i'm hoping that this is this is sort of an expansion i don't think that i don't think that that guy is directing it but i hope it's a sort of expansion on his his vision a sort of cg version of that what not really to copy it but to just to have a really coherent sense of style through it you know that 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 I don't know. It adds it adds that a uh, dimension to it since it's animated, and you have to suspend disbelief when right. you, when you put something really realistic in there to it. And it looks to me, and I'll bet you, like all the spaceships and stuff like that are probably they probably just took the models that they had. And when I say models, I'm talking about like a virtual model right. from from the movies, and just probably plopped them right down in, into this. Because why not? You've already spent all that time and money to build, you know, all these great space, and I'm sure they made a bunch of new spaceships too, and all sorts of new stuff to see. But um, so so a lot of the like technological aspect of it, I think, is going to look just like the movies, and it sort of does. It looks like it's been simplified a little bit, but all I've you know I've seen a few of the commercials on TV. But for the most part, I've watched them like on YouTube. <coughs> Excuse okay. me. Yeah, there was another commercial on today um, while I was out and about. I, I happened to catch a commercial on TV and uh, and was watching it, and and that was really the part that I thought, for me personally, looked the the best to me were the the ship battles and like the me the mechanical objects. Yes, you know, looked the best. Like the I don't know what they're called, but the the things that kind of look like a like a like an early version of a walker. Of a walker. When they walk and they walk right up the side of the cliff. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those machines. I don't know what they're called, those machines, but they look kind of like a like a cross between like a beetle and a, a, walker. And a walker. Yeah. But they're really cool. I like those. But that, yeah, that's my, really, that's my only kind of uneasy moment going into this movie is uh, I really like, that animated style, I, I like how it, it, it basically, to me, it, it looked like Star Wars, you know, the Clone Wars animated series looked to me like like Star Wars through the eyes of, like, Bruce Tim or somebody from, like, the Batman animated series. It had yes. that kind of style to it, and I really liked that. But it makes me a little bit uneasy that they took that style that I love so much, and then they did it computer animated. So it was like, 
I really, if they were going to go computer animation, I really wish they'd done like Polar Express, um, Beowulf style, you know? Well, I think what they're shooting for maybe is something a little simpler so they can pump them out for TV. I think this is sort of the genesis of the TV series, too. It'll be the, I think it's sort of, sort of planned as like the launch or pilot of the TV series. Yeah. And if I, you're going to do. I can do, see that. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, if you're going to do a regular computer animated TV sh- series and you're going to get it out on time, which I imagine they're going to want to do, with TV you sort of have to, even if you're George Lucas. If you don't, right. if you don't you're just going to disappear and we'll be buying the Clone Wars DVDs, you know, and they come yeah. out. But uh, well, we'll be buying those anyway. <laughs> but well, um, It makes me a little bit nervous, though, only in the aspect of, you know, yes, it's Lucas. I know it's going to be top. You know, it, it, it's like, you know, there's, there's really only a few things out there, you know, franchises or, or, or companies where you can look at it and go, you know what, no matter what it is, you know, it's going to look really good. And, you know, Lucas is one, Disney's another, you know, Spielberg's one. There's really, there, there's really only a handful, but Lucas is probably the top of that, that firm, you know, where you know that even if it sucks, there's going to be a look beautiful. There's going to be a certain level of, of depth to it. And that's the thing right. is people sort of write him off as not, he's, as far as dialogue and direction and stuff, not a lot of depth there. But visually, and and it goes beyond visually. It goes into just the creating of a world. And really, I mean, that's what a successful film does, is it creates a world for you. And if you like that world, you're going to be really happy with that film. And or, Those are the films that people will watch obsessively and watch over and over and over again because it takes you back into that world that it's created that's mm-hmm. that's very real to you. So that's you know that's where he gets underestimated a lot. And even in the in the the episode 1 through 3, he I think he succeeded with that very well. There was always something going on in the background and sometimes it was pertinent to what other you were seeing. Sometimes it was just, you know, eye candy. But there was always a depth of things going on, and and hopefully that'll be in here too. I think in the worst case scenario, it'll be a silly kids movie, and I think in a, the middle scenario of the three scenarios, that it, it will be uh, just sort of written off as just fluffy entertainment, and in the best case scenario. It'll it'll be just it'll be if it's if it's an hour and a half like the TV show, you'll have the critics drooling all over it, going, "This is better than episode one through three combined," you know, and all that, you know, blah blah blah, and and you know, I I I guess it's in 3D, and you can see it on IMAX, so that should be really neat. Or is it going to be in 3D at regular theaters too? I think so. Oh wow! Oh, that I did not know. That oh, I'm looking forward to that then. And yeah, that I didn't know. I I thought I'd heard something about 3D, but sure, I thought but the 3D 3D was confined to IMAX, which unfortunately I'm not going to be seeing it in IMAX. But uh, yeah, it'd be neat if it's 3D just in regular theaters too. Well, I know that I know. All of a sudden, a lot of 3D movies are coming out. I just saw a preview, and I can't remember what it was, but there's another another 3D movie coming out. It's a like computer animated 
like kitty movie. Is it uh, um, Journey to the Center of the Earth? Because no, I think no. that's three. That's like that's three D also, and and I hear the three D for it is incredible. I heard oh, it's wow. I heard it's it's worth seeing just to see the scenery in it. I I hear it's really beautiful to look at. I'd I like hope to these see movies it. are going to be 3D when they hit DVD. That, I'm hoping that they can can adapt that technology somehow to where they when they hit disc that they still are able to. Well, I know, you know the, throw in glasses or whatever. I know the Spy Kids 3D movie came out as a 3D DVD, but you know what else I know? I see that DVD at garage sales a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually. It was funny. That was one that I went in the theater and saw it in the 3D, and it was light, fluffy fun with Ricardo Montalban in it, and it was just basically Tron. It, the kids go into a video game, and it's got you know friendship lessons like all kids' movies do. It was a very light, fluffy movie. It was like the it came out around the same time as um, Sin City, I think. So and it, same director. So I think it was like his his movie that his kids could go see and it was totally for kids and I, and it had Sylvester Stallone as the bad guy in it and he was great he was great <laughs> just chewing up the scenery it was just a fun watching the movie and I went home and I downloaded it wondering oh you know and it was one of those telesync bootlegs but oh, you could yeah. but, but I slapped down a pair and it was in the red and blue technology so I have like red and blue glasses you know Whenever, like, once they were showing a red and blue, like, I think it was uh, The Creature Walks Among Us or the second Creature from the Black Lagoon movie, and I'm like, and it was kind of fuzzy on the screen, I'm like, you know what, Trudy? That's red and blue, isn't it? You know, we've got glasses, and we both, like, jumped into our respective junk piles and pulled out our glasses, and we're like, yep, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's 3D. So I watched that bootleg of it in 3D with my 3D glasses, and goddamn if it didn't work. <laughs> so maybe maybe we can put maybe I can you know maybe if it's the polarized technology for Star Wars when the when the bootleg comes out I can slap on my old Jaws 3D glasses and watch <laughs> I it. I still have a, I still have a pair of those too. It's good you held on to them. They might come in handy in a few days. Oh man, I should have weeks or however long. That movie because not only did the movie suck, but I wound up with a fucking screech and headache for like a week after watching. That movie. <laughs> I saw that movie like two or three times because I kept. Oh my god! You know, I kept going to the movies with people, and they wanted to see it. And I'm like, "Are you sure? Okay, well, I'm warning you." And at that <laughs> at that point in time, if I was in a movie theater, I was happy. So, but yeah, that movie would just kill your eyes and it was just the most horrible oh it's just awful wasn't that like the film debut of dennis quaid or something like that uh no i don't think it was his debut but he's damn lucky he didn't kill his career <laughs> yeah oh my god well somehow just forget me now, how the hell did we go from talking about star wars to talking about jaws 3d they're anyway? both in 3d my friend oh that's scary 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 i never want to think about jaws 3d again I've got Jaws 3D collector's cards that came <laughs> with the little 3D glasses. Yeah. yeah, I think I have a complete set. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. Yeah, I can read up on all my Jaws 3D facts on the backs of the trading cards. So my, my plan is I've got my friend Amy who's um, – I'm working like crazy. So my friend Amy's hopefully getting – 
advance tickets for the iMac iMac IMAX premiere on probably Thursday at midnight. I'm sure they'll be having like midnight shows of it on Thursday. You're not gonna want to lose that money. And uh, I wish we could together. When was did we see did we see Jedi together? Was that the last one? I, well, I mean, it would have been the last one we would have seen together, but did we see that one together? Yes, I, I, know we I believe we Empire did. I know we together. saw Empire together. Yeah. With the now infamous David Redfield, he's underwater, Luke. Because I can't remember... I can't remember for the life of me how many times I saw Jedi. All, all I can remember, I can remember the first time I saw Jedi in the theater, and I know I saw it several times but i can only remember the first time because the first time i had to sneak into it because it, it was sold, sold out. out and i had to go i bought a ticket and i went and i watched um space hunter adventures <laughs> in the third zone in 3d in 3d and i watched the first few minutes of that and then i went to the bathroom and then when i came out of the bathroom i went into jedi and it had it, it was i think it was in trailers i ne- i didn't miss any of it somehow or other miraculously i did not miss any of jedi and i went in and i ended up standing through almost the entire yep. movie which you know i'd never do that today but then it was like you know i was there a was kid no and, choice then yeah i was just i was just happy i ended up sitting there was a a back wall you know, behind all the theater seats, like it was so there was like a wall between like the back wall of the theater and like where the theater seats began. There was like a like a passage. I guess it was for the ushers or something. Yep. And there was a like a high wall, and I sat up on that wall. And after a point, I somehow or other I was able to climb that wall, and I sat up there after about probably the halfway point in the movie and finished watching the movie sitting up on this wall <laughs> in the back of the theater, but. I know I went to see it again and again, and I just can't remember any of the subsequent times, but I'm sure we must have seen it together. I think we were both at that show. <clears throat> I, 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 seem, I can't remember. I, I remember you having to stand up and watch it the whole time. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then seeing you after, and there, you know, there were debate amongst whoever else we were with, you know, whether we, you know, where you were, and we were like, shit, Scott's price standing out in the parking lot smashing car windows because he's pissed. <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. I'd be like freaking out, you know. I just remember, I remember waiting in line for Empire and the, the line was almost all the way around the theater. It was like that for episode one, too. I remember being in the, it wrapped almost twice around the big Megaplex theater and I was just like, how are they going to pull this off? Well, they had it on like five screens. That's how they pulled it off, but just a huge amount of people what was really funny is uh the second second or third time i went to see episode one i went with our friend randy and uh you know which randy i'm talking about and uh he hadn't seen it yet and he was really psyched to see it, you know, and he was really psyched to be going with me to see it because, you know, we hadn't been to a, a movie together in a while. We hadn't seen each other in, in a number of years, and we hadn't been to a movie together in a long time. And, you know, here it was a new Star Wars movie, you know, and he had this T-shirt he'd bought. It was an Episode One T-shirt. And it had, like, all the characters on it. And, you know, he was so excited. Well, I'd already seen it. And I think I'd seen it twice by <laughs> I didn't have the heart to tell him. I knew he was going to He was going to hate, gonna hate you know? it. 
Yeah. I knew he was going to walk out, you know, just really, you know, just disheartened and everything. But he was so excited. I just could not curb his enthusiasm. I, you know, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to disappoint him going. I wanted him to go in and just get whatever he was going to get out of it. <laughs> it was funny. We would go in and he's so excited to see it. We come out and he's going, well, fuck you piece of shit, man. <laughs> Fucking movie suck, man. And he was all, I mean, he was like almost in tears. He hated it so much. He was like, I can't believe we waited. You know, what did we wait? Like 16, what did that movie come out in like 99? You know, I 16 think, yeah. years, man. Fucking movie suck, man. It was just, it was really funny. He was, he was pouting and throwing shit and all this. He wanted to tear his shirt off. There was off a lot of that going out, going around. <laughs> yeah. But it was funny, man. It was, I mean, he was really, really disappointed by it. I'm wondering if this movie's going to be a mob scene, you know? I wonder if it'll be, I wonder if people are going to be like pumped to go to the, um, Midnight Thursday showing or if they're going to, you know, just sort of hang out till they get the first afternoon free. You know, I knew oh, people I'm... who took off from wor- work to see Star Wars Episode One when it first came out, and Episode Two and Three. I know lots of people who were like called in sick to work so they could go to the you know earliest matinee that they could get up for. I'm really curious because I'm a, I'm of two minds. You know, one one half of me says. You know, of course, it's a Star Wars movie, so it's going to be huge, but it's not going to be nuts because it's, you know, it's an animated movie, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. It's got all these things. It's and, not and hyped it, up it's not, as much. Yeah, it's not going to be hyped. It's not going to. And then the other half of me says, well, this might be our last Star Wars movie, you know? I mean, we all thought that episode three was it. Yeah. This might really be it. And, and for that reason alone, and because it is another Star Wars movie, you know, at the theater, that it might get that craze. I mean, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near original trilogy numbers. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near Episode One numbers. But I mean, no. it, it could pull. It could pull numbers similar to to two and three. You know, on a on a on a relative scale, you know well, what I mean? At, at the same point, I'm sure its budget is a fraction of those movies. So, mm-hmm. so it doesn't, you know, what if it, if it makes as much money as those movies, you can almost be certain there'll be more of them because they'll be able to, they'll be able to make them at a regular rate, you know, and if they do it at a Star Wars rate of one every three years that, that they did for the, for the trilogies, they could really pump. You can, they could make a really nice. And every three years, computer technology just exponentially surges ahead. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it, it it doesn't seem like George Lucas is done going to the Star Wars. Well, I know Harrison Ford said he would never play Han Solo again. He's just not interested. He'd- I wonder if he could be convinced to do Han Solo's voice, though. You know, if he would Maybe. be willing to do either say Han Solo's voice or do Han Solo as one of those uh, motion capture things, you know, for a, like I was saying, like a Beowulf Polar Express style Star Wars. Because I still think if they ever do decide to do episode. Seven and beyond, or maybe just episode seven. You know, as as one, you know, just one time, one shot deal. We're gonna do a post Return of the Jedi movie. I still think that their best their best bet is to do 
you know some some type of animation whether it's computers or traditional animation or uh-huh. whatever or or like you were saying you know a recast which i think is a bad idea yeah. but still i don't i don't think that they'll ever get the original guys cuz i i think by this point you know they're, they're, gonna they're all look gonna, awkward <laughs> well yeah they're going to look awkward but they're all going to suffer that that same thing that indy 4 suffered of damn he looks old you know and not only does you know, damn, they look old, but you know, in a lot of instances, you're going to look at them and go, they, you know, damn, they look old, and damn, they don't look so good, you know, because I mean, Mark Hamill. Now I realize, you know, the poor guy, you know, he went through that accident and all that, and and a lot of that plastic surgery or whatever he had is starting to kind of show through now. Yeah, he looks rough every time I see him. But poor Carrie Fisher, I mean, she really looks, you know, she she looks like the life she's led you know post star wars so well you could you could have luke skywalker at some point as a grizzled old jedi who's so you know you could play all that off as his grisliness yeah, of that's hard life as a jedi so i guess my point was is that they don't look like the covers of the books that are coming out you know i mean there's yeah there's <laughs> that are coming out you know where where Han and Leia are, you know, are, are retirement age, and they still look like, you know, like like Empire or Jedi era, you know, with with a little bit of gray on their temples, like Reed Richards style, and they certainly don't look like that today. They they look, you know, Harrison Ford looks sixty some years old, you know, and Carrie Fisher looks, you know, like she did some serious drugs in the eighties, you know. I mean. They just look that way, you know. Sadly, and so I, I don't, I don't see. Well, hopefully this that- this movie will set a precedent for animated Star Wars. It certainly will for the TV show, and you know, I say if they're successful, but come on, they're going to be successful because it's just guaranteed, you know. I'm, oh, it'll, it's you know, it, it'll definitely make money. You know, I'm I'm not worried so much about I don't worry the critical about that. success. You know, critical successes don't. You know, they don't mean they, anything. They don't, they don't mean anything when it comes to a science fiction movie. They really don't because, you know, it what what really matters. Bottom line is, are they going to make money? And most science fiction movies, you know, of of a franchise that has rabid fandom. They make enough money to at least justify their existence. I mean, yeah. look at you know, like Trek movies. You know, even the ones that were almost universally panned still made a shitload of money. You know, enough to either justify having made them, or, or in most cases, enough to justify another one. You know, I mean, the Star Wars mo- or the Star Trek movies, rather. Um, you know, after the first movie. You know what a lot of people don't realize is because of the 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 perception that it was a bomb, the Star Trek new movies never did get a contract. There were you know most movie right. franchises. There's a contract. You know, you know Joe Schmo, the lead actor, signs a three movie deal. You know, like Spider Man. You know, Tobey Maguire signs a three movie deal. That never happened with Star Trek. Every single Star Trek movie was its own entity. Yeah. Ho- and, hoping to know, replicate itself the next time, right? And and so each subsequent one, I mean, each each Star Trek movie was the last Star Trek movie, and then they made enough movie or made enough money rather that they made another movie, 
And then that one would, you know, was the was the last, you know. So every time that cast was getting together, they really did think that that was the last time they were getting together. And then, you know, they'd make enough money and they'd come back and they'd do another. And, and you know, this happened five times, which that's pretty that's pretty remarkable. Not you know? bad. And uh, they always, they never, after the first movie, for science fiction movies, they were all relatively low budget. They were never, they were <laughs> always given a strict, tight, small relatively small budget to work on which i think helped them out a lot because they have to be scrappier even even the crappier ones towards the end still have that scrappy feel to them because they're done on the seat of the even when it was getting cheesy it was still sort of done at the seat of their pants Mm -hmm. and um you know they were and shatner was always given free reign to kirk out so there was always something always working. I think the next generation movies didn't fare as well as far as entertaining me, but the all the yeah. all the original cast ones pretty much uh, no ma- and you know some some of them admittedly weren't very good movies. But right. They still worked it, but it was like a not very good episode of the, they were like you know elongated episodes of the TV show. You know right. so, and uh, I think actually that's what that's what Clone Wars is going to be. It's going to be a ramped up version of what we're going to see on TV. It's going right. to establish. It's going to establish all the. I think it's probably going to establish a lot of secondary characters that they can put onto the you know TV show to expand and to get some suspense of like who can live, who's going to live, and who's going to die, or what could happen to somebody. And, I had uh, a major. I had a major geek moment speaking of secondary characters because I I have really 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 tried my damnedest to stay away from anything you know knowing anything about this movie before I go into it I really don't want to know shit cuz I want to go in and I want to I want to have a pure experience no preconceptions yes. no knowledge no anything but I keep getting little snippets of things despite myself and one of the things I'd heard was that there was a character in this um, Captain Rex? Now, for Star Tours fans, you know the the Star Wars attraction at uh, at Walt Disney World and at Disneyland. Captain Rex is the robot pilot of your vehicle when you go on that ride. And I'm, I, you know, I I I knew damn well it wasn't going to be him, but I still was holding on to that. <laughs> Wow, how, how awesome would that be, you know? And then I, I saw the action figures today in the store. You know, they had the Clone Wars figures in there, and they showed uh, the Captain Rex guy. And I think he's just like a like that. There was a character in Episode Three that had a name, but he was one of the clones, right? But the, but we one still named him. You know, he had an actual name, and I kind of got the feeling that this guy's kind of that type of thing. Like he's a like he's a trooper, maybe not necessarily a clone, but he's like a, a soldier, you know, a, 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 like a contemporary of uh, of Obi Wan's right. or something like that. And I, I was, I was disappointed. I had, you know, I, I realized I was being like a major geek too. I was like, you know, there's no way they're gonna bring in, you know, this robot dude from some attraction that, you know. As awesome as it is, and as much attendance as those parks get, there's still a lot of Star Wars fans that would have no idea, you know, who this guy is. But 
I was still just a little bit bummed. I was like, oh, that would have been so cool, you know? It would have would have lent that that next level of legitimacy yeah. to that, that ride, you know? But I but, just had uh, I just had an idea just now to sort of wrap up this pre-show segment. Okay. Um. So so far, we really don't know much about anything about this movie. It involves the huts and a hut getting um kidnapped and a young. Looks like Anakin has a sort of Padawan and a lot of battley stuff. But from just pretty much what we know is just from what we've seen in the previews. So mm-hmm. from this point on, like until people hear us next in the next segment, which could be, you know, it's going to be between now when the movie's released and when we both get to see it, which hopefully will be as soon, you know, within hopefully from midnight Thursday or, you know, midnight Friday to um, a couple days after it. And so um, if one of us sees it first, you know, we could, we'll tell each other when we see the movie so we know when we can do the next show. But we won't reveal anything about it and we won't reveal anything about whether we liked it, hated it, or anything like that until we get on to the next segment, until, you know, one minute yeah. from now when we pop back up. <laughs> and will we be pissed? Will we be elated? Oh, so you're saying we're we're gonna we're gonna keep it from each other until we yeah, actually we won't, sit to like if you see the movie before me or I see the movie before you, either one of us won't give away anything or go like, Oh, you gotta see it, it was great or just or don't waste your money or or don't waste your money wouldn't work anyway. But uh <laughs> um yeah, It really does amaze me how, you know, you and I, you know, we, we really, we have such dis- different philosophies and, and different personalities, but we'll go see these movies and, and I'll see something and I'll be, you know, I'll have my opinion of it and then you'll see it and we'll talk. And I'm, I'm thinking the whole time I'm thinking, you know, the, that you're going to think the opposite of what I thought. You know, I'll go see something and I'll be like, God, that was fucking horrible. I wonder what Chris is going to think. And I always have that hesitancy that he's going to love this movie and then, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be at odds, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, and then you'll say, Oh, I saw such and such the other day and it fucking sucked. <laughs> it was like, we always seem to pretty much agree on, and that's so weird because I was talking to another friend of ours the other day and, uh, about a movie that we're going to talk about in another episode. And he's completely at the other end. Love the movie. Totally drinking the Kool-Aid on this movie. And I was like, oh my God, I can't. I, I thought it was fucking horrible. So that's just funny to me how... Yes, I, and, I think we'll, and this mo- we'll probably cryptic movie you speak of, we'll, we'll be talking about in our, in our Batman episode. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Not to give anything away. But I do want to say one thing. If you haven't seen Clone Wars at this point, so it's already out right now as we're talking. If you haven't seen it, you might not want to listen to the next part because I'm sure we're going to fucking spoil all spoilers, over the place. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. You've been warned. Spoilers. I have a big fucking mouth and I don't care, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like to talk about shit. I don't care. I'll ruin it all for everybody. You can actually, you can call me the spoiler. That'll be my supervillain name, the spoiler. I'll fucking tell me what your favorite 
band is, I'll tell you why they suck. <laughs> anyway, coming up, I'll just, call, I'll just call myself the Soiler. The Soiler. <laughs> I, have a, I have a bladder control issue. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's, I think it's yes. time for a break. Yes, coming up in a minute or two. The undiluted, unspoiled, pure reaction of what we think of the movie, independently formed opinions without any microbial infiltration <laughs> from each other. And that'll be coming up in just a minute. robots and drive and sell them in a garage sale, kind of like garage sale, but except they're selling robots. And no one's going to buy R2 and the shiny guy. The shiny guy always worries. Luke's going to buy those. And Obi Kenobi's kind of a teacher. He's teaching Luke how to learn how to do his little light-up sword. He has to try to block the little Pokeball. <laughs> he tried to do it without seeing. Obi Kenobi sometimes moves things around. Sometimes he disappears. Princess Leia got out of jail and out in the spaceship. And they got the big thing that blowed up stuff. It, we blowed it up together. It blowed up Princess Leia's planet. But don't talk back to Darth Vader, he'll get ya. It's an exciting movie. Okay, we've, we're back from that short break, and in that short amount of time, we've both gone to our respective theaters and seen Clone Wars. The magic of podcasting a whole week has gone by. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm fresh out of it today. I went, I went at, like, I saw it six hours ago. So I saw, I saw it in an off time. I saw it, like, 6.20 on a Saturday. And there were literally seven people in the audience. There's me, my friend, two other people in the back, two other like grown men in the back, and then a father with his two kids who sat directly behind us. And the kids talked and <laughs> made kid noises all the way through, which was kind of cool, actually. That's that was kind of worked out good. 
now because I would have liked an audience. I would have liked to have a full audience. I was, that was going to be my question: was do you like the private screening or do you like you know a good psyched audience? I like a good uh, a good rowdy audience that's rowdy about the movie. That's not in, like going to be like interrupting the movie, but is pumped to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And enjoying it, you know, watch, you know, watching it, because you feed off that. That's part of going to the movies is that collective, yeah, collective shared experience. And I didn't really get that too too much at, at this movie. Which the second day of a Star Wars movie, you know, that is bizarre. It's playing at three, at three, at least three different cinema plexes here, you know, just every two hours. Boom, 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 boom. Well, I mean, booked right across. So there's, so I mean, there's a lot of opera, you know. I, 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 but I mean, I could, I think I could have just like, theoretically, if I could have got out of work in time, I could have just walked up to a midnight show and probably bought a ticket. And you know, you live in Rochester, you know, which is a major city in the state. It's good size, yeah. Oh, and I mean, I live in a one-horse town, you know. And I mean, we have one movie theater here. And I think that this movie's only playing on one screen at our theater. Now, I could be wrong about that. But anyway, I mean, it's the only act in town, basically. I took the boys Friday night. It was Friday. It was the 7.20 showing. So it was the, sec- it was the second showing. I mean, the first showing was at 4 or 5 in the afternoon. So this was like the prime first showing, really. You know, this was when everybody was out of work. We didn't have a, an advanced screening or a, like a midnight show Thursday right. night or anything. So this was really, you know, discounting the matinee show, you know, that a lot of people wouldn't have been out of work in time for. This was really the first show. And it was nowhere near sold out. I mean, it was a good crowd. And the crowd that was there was, was plenty psyched to see it. But uh, but no, nowhere, nowhere near. You know what I mean? I, I went very early. We bought our tickets well over an hour ahead of time you know we we had our snacks i took the boys to eat before the movie and i went thinking you know we're going to need to camp out you know in the in the in the ticket line you know after we after we got our you know the the yeah ticket tearing line whatever the hell you call it you know in the queue you know waiting to get into the theater and we walked right in i mean we got you know we went there so we were in our seats waiting for the for the trailers to start probably half hour 40 minutes before the movie started and really there was no need to i mean we could have walked in and got great seats right up until the movie started so i would i was i was really yeah shocked and and kind of disappointed but i mean this you know for a star wars movie to to really not have much of a crowd is a little bit you know a little bit disheartening well i think um I think mainly, I would say you could probably blame that, uh, say the 19% rating on the tomato meter. Yeah. I was checking that out today. I heard about it. I hadn't seen it, but I saw that on the forum. Somebody posted that, and uh, somebody said that Entertainment Tonight, or Entertainment, was it Weekly? Entertainment Tonight or Entertainment Weekly? One of them gave it an F grade, and... Uh, it's a pig pile. Everybody's just jumping on it. 
Well, let's let's get into our take. I, I'm very curious. We have not talked to each other about this, so we don't know no. each other's take. I, I've got to hear your well, take. One thing I want to get out of the way first. Uh huh. I'm an idiot. Oh, I know that. I don't know. <laughs> I know you know that, but I want to clear that up for everybody else out there. Because I really believed this was going to be in 3D. I did too, and I, I I looked in several theaters around, you know, within you know a decent driving distance of of where I live, and I didn't see it in 3D anywhere. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. I haven't heard a mention. No, you're you're, you're not a, you're not alone in that because I could have swore that I heard this was going to be 3D, and I thought I heard that it was going to be 3D IMAX in certain. Yeah, because I, yeah, I looked no. to see where Journey to the center of the earth is still playing on our IMAX. Yeah, that actually looks kind of cool. But uh, you know, I looked at uh, what is it, the Mall of Georgia, which is quite a hike from where we are. But to my to my knowledge, that's the closest IMAX theater to me. And I looked at that, and it and it wasn't 3D or IMAX or anything up there either. So I don't know where I heard that, but no, you're not alone. I, I thought the same thing. Because we spent a good amount of time sort of speculating on the 3D aspect of it, which now <laughs> is a moot point. Oh, did we? But it doesn't matter. Yeah, we did. We were, we were and then we were talking about 3D Jaws 3D and. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, I forgot about the. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah, I really it was did. Just it was moments ago. <laughs> yeah, to, to the to the folks listening. Yeah, that was that was moments ago to us. It's a week ago, but. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was disappointed in that until I you know I, I looked at two or three theaters within probably a hour drive of, of me and realized that no, I, nobody's got it for 3D, so I guess it's not 3D. So, I don't know. What, what did you think about that? Do you think it would have been better in 3D? Um, I, I, you know, I was not disappointed that it wasn't in 3D. There was, you know, I had, I, I was disappointed when I found out that it was, when I started realizing that it wasn't going to be in 3D. And, like an idiot, I went to RottenTomatoes.com and tried to avoid reading the reviews. I read enough about it to hear, oh, teenage girl in miniskirt, perky, and gay hut. Like Truman Capote hut. Well, let me ask and you I about that. Like, and I was like, well... I know, I know, I, I thought to myself, well, I didn't want to know that. I didn't want to know anything about it, but I'm an idiot, so I was gonna, you know, I couldn't help myself and started to dip into the reviews. I was just trying to see, you know, you can go to Rotten Tomatoes and just look and see green splotches and red splotches, and, you know, I was looking and seeing, like, one or two red splotches there, and, and those would be sort of, most of them were just sort of halfway recommendations, you know, just enough to tip them into the positive. And I was like, well, this is a bad sign, you know. People were just like, you could tell it was just a collective wave of disgust. And and one and the the one thing I said read was just like, yes, it's for real. There's, you know, a hut that talks like Truman Capote, who's purple, and has like a feather hat and is called Zero the Hut and talks in English. And I was like, <coughs> that's weird. They didn't mention the southern accent, but there was a southern accent thrown yeah, in there too. That. 
And uh, I guess I must have some really shitty gaydar because I, I didn't pick up the whole gate. I just thought he was well, this, eccentric. This is why? You know because mean? he talked like he talked like Truman Capote. Right. And Truman Capote was gay. So and he's purple, which is a code for gay because everybody knows Barney's gay and everybody knows the purple, tinky winky, whatever those fucking things are. <laughs> <laughs> Teletubbies. Teletubbies, yeah. Purple, you know, purple, I guess, is the code color. And and feathers in his hair. He had feathers in his hair and the southern accent, like a Louisiana, um, um, just sort of... I, I think it was just generally because he talked like... And the guy who did the voice for Zero the Hut also did the voice for the guy, for the, the commander, that weird nosed commander who sounded like Sean Connery. Oh, so I think yeah, this, yeah. So I think that guy was just like, I'm going to do this guy as Sean Connery and I'm going to do this guy as Truman Capote. Maybe. And, and you know, Zero the Hut did prove that the Huts have an affinity towards aliens playing jazz music. They like their <laughs> jazz music. They like it smooth. His wasn't as Caribbean-y as... As they like in 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 Mos Eisley, but or you know or like Jabba has on his barge. I was just Jabba glad they did too, not though. go with the you know the the dun 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 dun, dun you know the the same because yes. I when I saw the band, I for just a second I had this knot in my stomach. I'm going no 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 don't ba -ba don't yeah ba -ba ba -ba exactly. Ba -ba and I'm thinking okay that you know. Granted, there are songs here that have lasted, you know, 20, 30 years being popular, but, you know, that, that song Not is all over really, the really, universe. Yeah, exactly. You know, that song is pretty played out in, in Star Wars lore now, so I'm glad they went yeah. with something different. But uh, um, we need to get into just overall reviews. So, yeah. Uh, well, here's... So I walked into the movie, th movie thinking, uh, I paid to get the person that I dr got to drive me to the movie theater, I paid their way in because I was like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna risk you having to pay <laughs> to see this movie because, like, because the first thing I thought was, I have to go in this movie and I have to be 12 years old, mm -hmm. 10 years old, 8 to 12, you know, eight somewhere in 8 to 12, that's where I gotta be for this movie because it's not gonna be... I'm sorry, it's not gonna be made. George Lucas, he has his, and when, whenever they have kids, whenever these directors have kids, they start thinking, I gotta make movies for my kids, you know? I wanna make something, you know, or, or and Lucas may not be directly making this for his kids, but he's making it for, it was made for kids. It was obviously gonna be a kids, kids movie. And people were talking about it being, uh, and, Infantilized entertainment, you know, he's just diluting his. So I was trying to put that all out of my head. And then, you know, when the Lucasfilm logo comes up and you sort of hear, like, um, the sound of troopers, you know, battle, just chatter going on. And uh, I was like, that's kind of cool. And then the, then the next thing you see is the Clone Wars logo sort of going like the Star Wars logo, but it looks sort of cheesier. And the music is... Eh, it sounds like a video game, you know, like your old Nintendo version of Star Wars. 
and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like this. But then it goes into, instead of an opening crawl, right it goes into a narrator's voice. Yep. And it, and my first thought was just like, oh, God, because he's just like, no, blah, blah, blah. It's like a propaganda film. It was like uh, Starship Troopers. If you've ever seen Starship Troopers, they would always have these like, and now the new army, blah, blah, blah. And it was like that, and I was like, well, you know what? Now we know what the voice <laughs> of all those crawls sounds like. It's a cheesy narrator. And and I thought to myself, you know what? There's you know there's nothing wrong with that. And I and and the the I I really I like the animation. I like the way it looked. And I'd also heard that they'd wanted to for the characters. They wanted to have them sort of like um, were they called puppet puppetoons or whatever? Um, I'm trying to think of the the um, Thunderbirds. Yeah, you know, they had the marionette yeah. type puppets. They wanted to sort of have them, have the the characters be like that, and have the spaceships and and battles be photorealistic, and these sort of like puppet characters for it. And in the first couple scenes, when they're walking, they're doing that little fucking hunchy dance that like marionettes <laughs> do when they walk. And I was like, well, this is cool. Because the you know the the animation is blocky enough, it's not super photorealistic enough, but it, the movement is enough, so it sort of looks like. The, but you don't see strings at least hanging, and I'm like, well, and and to me, I can sort of get if if a film establishes right at the beginning what it tells you what it's going to be, and that voiceover told me exactly what this is going to be. It's going to be light, kid oriented with maybe a few bones thrown in for the adults because they know you're there but basically it's for the kids so I just started drinking my Dr. Pepper twice as fast to get that sugar rush going and got into it and of course there were some some groaners but you know what nothing really like a painful like oh my I was reading reviews where it was like George Lucas is pissing all over his fans you know if there's any doubt that, you know, being a Star Wars fan is, but, you know, that George Lucas is just trying to destroy his own franchise, you need look no further than this. And, you know what? What a bunch of joyless fucks. Yep. <laughs> I, I was like, you know what? I, and, I, and I won't say this. I won't say I loved it. I won't say that I was just like, woohoo, all the way through it. But there were some pretty cool things in it. Absolutely. And it, it moved along. I guess, basically, it's the first three episodes of the TV show. And in mid-production, or at some point, they decided to do it as a movie. So these were... So, basically, I'll be, I'm betting the TV show is going to look pretty much exactly like this maybe a little like lower rent because they won't be able to sink as much money into it but who knows you know who knows it pro probably not <laughs> it'll probably look look just like that and that's fine with me I, I was like hey I've read Star Wars comic books before where they've where you know it's been cartoony type artwork and stories mm -hmm. and if it's done well and it, it fits in, and, the, and this was done well, I thought. You yeah. know, I really, I don't understand the amount of hostility that people get worked into them. Well, you know, I do, because we experience it here, but I just don't, I can't get that, 
hostile about it, I start watching it, and if it's Star Wars, and it feels like Star Wars to me, I'm in for the ride, you know? It's not that I don't understand hostility because you know you and i definitely get worked up about you know, some of the th yeah you know i mean i got you know really irate about schindler's list you know we you know when when people hear our dark knight review you know they'll they'll understand hostile but you know it's not that i can't get worked up or don't get worked up what i what i can't understand is i can't understand the hostility here because i i just don't see the pissing that people are talking about now no. I can look I can look at episode one and perfectly understand the pissing they're talking about there. You know, you got your jar jar, you've got a lot of cheesiness, you've got some really awkward acting, some really bad acting, some awkward moments. You know, there's there's tons of things to pick about in, in episode one. This is a whole different beast. And people raved and loved uh, the Clone Wars animated series yes. that was on um, rightly so. Cartoon Network. Yeah, absolutely. Rightly so. It was a great show. This is more of the same, and yep. people are having the exact opposite reaction. Now, I just don't get it. I mean... They complain about the way the, the characters look, and I remember both of us were sort of worried about that, too. But once it got going, it worked for me. It, it established this is what they're going. You know, Obi Wan looks like he's got pieces of paper glued to his face. It's fine, man. It's fine. You know, if they did it in, Cl I don't care if they did it in claymation. If they make it feel like Star Wars and keep it moving, and I'll say this: it's not like it just doesn't hold the importance of any of the six, you know, films in the main canon of everything. But it, at least, it, I mean, you gotta at least, at the very bottom point, take your hat off to the design. And, you know, they're not like, this isn't Pixar quality animation. Well, it's not going for that. It's going just to communicate what it has to. And, it's, and it does that really well, you know? You know, I just and thought of something. I wonder, do you, do you suppose maybe that this is suffering from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom syndrome in the sense that I, I, I've really tried to understand what it is that people dog on Temple of Doom about and I have a theory is that it's because it's a prequel there's not really the peril because you know he's gonna be okay and it doesn't in, you know in the strictest sense it doesn't advance the story of Indiana Jones, it just kind of tells like another adventure. It's a, it's a side. It's a, like a sideline story. And do you think that's the problem with this one? Is that it's not? Yeah, it's light. It was the both of them are kind of light and airy in a lot of ways, you know, because you know the character is not going to die at the end. You know, you know, you know who's going to live and who's going to die. There's some creepy aspects to it, and like. Um, um, at one point, you know, I turned, turned to the guy next to, to me and he's like, yeah, and, and then he's going to kill all the Jedi and I'm like, including her, you know, including his little Padawan probably is on that list. So that for, you know, for me was the peril in this movie because that's what I'm most curious about is I, I had trouble placing exactly when this adventure is supposed to take place and 
I'm sure that, you know, if I did some digging around on the internet or whatever, I could probably find out. But I went into this movie as blind as I possibly could because I didn't want yes. to know anything. I didn't want to be prejudiced by by too much info or by reading reviews or anything. People's opinions. So, I yeah. mean, it was already spoiled for me that he had a Padawan because I saw a, a, a trailer somewhere that showed her and, and gave her voice. So I was a little bit nervous going in thinking oh, I don't think I'm going to like her I don't like I don't like her presentation but other than yeah. that I went in pretty much yeah. blind and and with you know reasonable expectations I really liked her character you know I, I think that the way they portrayed her actually worked in this particular instance and I was fully prepared not to like her character and for me the peril was actually her character because you don't know you know, it, you can assume that Anakin kills her, but you don't know that. I mean, she could actually be out there. You know, she could actually have survived the purge and be out there, and she could be, you know, she could be in hiding, so she could still be a good Jedi that'll come up, uh, up again later in some future story, you know, as, as a rival. Oh, well... That definitely happened depending on how the series ends, you know. Well, also, she could also be a, 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 a Lumaya type of character from, you know, from uh, the Marvel Star Wars comics. You know, in, in Marvel's Star Wars continuity, Vader had a, a female apprentice also. Uh, right. She got killed, and, and, or not killed, but messed up. And eventually came back as basically she was a female Darth Vader, and so you know this is you know could potentially go the same route where somehow this apprentice could fall to the dark side and she could be you know, but since this is going to take place as a middle you know in between episode three and four, something like that that extreme probably won't happen because then it would not be it would be weird for it not to have relevance and. Episode three, right. you know what I mean? Right. It already. I was already like, wait, Anakin's fighting Dooku again, and I'm like, well, in Episode three, you really don't know how many times they met. He's just like, oh, we meet again, you know. So they can they can have a, any number of skirmishes through the Clone War, you know, TV series or the whole however long it lasts. I'm assuming that this takes place sometime. Before um, Anakin and Ventress had their battle on the fourth moon of Yavin, because I, I I think that that pretty much implies that she was killed during that. Although I do I do know that in yeah. the comics she does come back, and I can't remember that story now. But in the comics, in the Dark Horse comics, there was a mini series where she did come back. So I mean, this movie could take place either before or after. But the fact that she was in this movie, but never had a direct confrontation with Anakin. To me, to my mind, places it before the battle, right? In the Clone Wars animated show, so I, right. I don't know. I, but I see, I didn't sweat that, and I think a lot of people did. I think a lot of people went in, and, and you know, they were so focused on details and when does this take place and blah 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 blah. And I just went in thinking, you know what? I'm just going to see. You know, I'm just going to have fun, and I, I, I have no problem at all being eight years old seeing a Star Wars movie. I can totally put myself yep. in that mindset. And, Me too. And I, I, 
you know, I won't go so far alive. either as as you you know you said yourself you know you won't go so far as to say you loved it. I won't go so far to say as I loved it, but there were a lot of things about it to love. I, I was entertained. I didn't feel I wasted my money. I, there were a lot of things I really, really liked, and there's really only three complaints I have, and all of them are fairly minor. But uh, I want to, I want to hear your take on pros and cons before I, I go into mine. Um, pros. A lot of the pros ended up could have been cons, and very well with me could have been cons like. You know what I really enjoyed and the person I went with and was laughing at too and everybody was reacting to are the fucking stupid battle droids. Oh yeah. The 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 that the were doing slapstick. And you know just ask, you know what I like them better than the ones that just occasionally will go Roger Roger or say something. Mhm. You know because those are acting out of because sometimes they're like machines that are fighting and other times they're sort of saying these dumb little things but in this one they're bumbling idiots you know uh, which one do I cut the right or the bit you know which one do I, uh, and, and I actually found that more amusing and it was like if you're gonna be goofy with them might as well be goofy with them you know right. and, and they were straight up Warner Brothers cartoon characters in it and that was awesome I thought and I'm sure a lot of people hated that I could just sense like the collective force of of nerddom just going like fuck and a lot of and and I had nothing I thought um um stinky the hut was you know everybody was hating on that you know this cute little character well, he wasn't played for cuteness too much. He was he was kind of cute as a little hut sort of, but you know he doesn't really. He's just sort of just to be just gets lugged around for the most part. You know, it's he's not really focused on. Um, he looked like a little I, turd to you. Oh yeah, of course <laughs> he did. <laughs> I, I did think he was kind of cute, but at the same rate, he looked he looked like just like a little. Turd, just like a little droplet turd. <laughs> it's kind of gross. I think R2 flew too much. My cons are pretty small too. I thought some of the dialogue scenes ran a little long and got a little. There was, a, you know, they could have done without the di- without as much dialogue. It slowed everything down and was redundant for the most part. Mm-hmm. But and uh, I thought it was kind of weird that um that Padme comes in like three quarters of the way through the movie, you know, or like just past the halfway point, then all of a sudden her character's in there, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right, you know, there's another character. Um, I thought that was a little weird, but I think that sort of makes sense as it being three TV shows ha- hashed together, because they were probably like, yeah, okay, at the, at the end of the second episode, we'll bring her in as like an introduction and people will be jazzed to see what's going to become of it in the third third act so i think that's why that happened but i thought that was a little a little weird um other than that there, there wasn't much really wrong with it mm-hmm. i mean it's the exact opposite of batman it's the exact opposite <laughs> because you know, it's just this, it's, it is, it's like the mirror image 
review percentage, and I didn't go there preparing to hate it, but I was bracing myself for some pain. I was I was thinking it was going to be super super hardcore pain, coupled with 10 or 15, 10 or 15 minute stretches of battle, which would be awesome. And I was like, well, you know, that is as as uh, hopefully I'll have just enough visual candy to you know pay off my you know ten dollar ticket or whatever but yeah I was pleasantly surprised it was you know the story the story was nothing and, and it's funny because the story you know it is made for little kids but it's got its intense parts in it like uh, yeah. there's actually heads served up you know heads brought up in front of Java of his bounty hunters, oh, we set the heads of your bounty hunters back. That's pretty gory, and the, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of clone troopers die, which I don't know if if kids empathize with clone troopers as humans or because they're all the same. They don't really, but there's also there's there's little elements that are kind of neat in there. Like, did you notice like some of the clone troopers would have little ha different haircuts? Yeah. Or one of them would have dyed his hair like blonde and had a crew cut, and it was just like they they just subtly show. There were a lot of, I think there were a lot of subtleties that got passed by. A lot of them which are evading me now, but I'll think of them later. But that, them, yeah. that was that was one of them. That the, the clone troopers were starting to develop their a little individuality and uh yeah one of the know, one of the first scenes with them um where they're all gathered around i think they're gathered around a holographic table or something they're they're like yes. just all gathered around talking and there's what six or eight clones and each one is just a little off from the one next to him so that they're all you know just a little bit individual a little bit distinct and i got a real vibe for uh I don't know if you're keeping up with DC at all right now, DC Comics, but uh, they they took the character of the Monitor and they they split him up to where now all of the different Earths have their own Monitor, kind of like the Watcher over at uh, at right. and all of the the Monitors have begun to to individualize and they're much the same way, where they all wear the same uniform, they all have pretty much the same face. But the you know one will have cornrows and one will have a mohawk and you know they they're just a little bit off from one another just that you can tell them apart and I got the same vibe from all these clone troopers and I thought that was really neat. There were a lot of there were a lot of little details and little things that you'd see in the background like uh, um, one of the clone ships docking with like this ring and it was something I'd seen in like in episode three in one of the battles and it's like oh every one of those things in the ring around it is a big you know battleship mm -hmm. and they just drop them off it you know you see one docking in the background because i was as as a star wars fan i'm trained to to win if you have action going on and you see it's sort of ending and the scene's gonna end, you start scanning the background a little bit to see what cool shit's going on. I didn't see There's any sneakers, happening like that. Any what? Sneakers. No. <laughs> I did hear a Wilhelm scream, though. Yes, yes. My kids both looked at me when the Wilhelm scream went out. Uh -huh. Both looked at me. I was like, yes, I, I heard it, boys. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them trained, man, I'll tell you. 
That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Um, good little minions. Well, I mean, I've <laughs> I've got some. Uh, I've got just a few pros. Oh, I mean, I've got a lot of pros, but some specific ones I wanted to hit, and really just a couple of cons. I mean, did you have more uh, more pros and cons? No, I think we should take a break and come back with uh, with your list, and I'll oh, okay. just I'll just chime in when I think of something new or or you remind me of something. Okay. And we'll 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 go from there. All right, we'll be right back. Here's a clip of a review by Roper and Phillips of At The Movies um, that's sort of typical of the reviews of this movie. Richard, I've seen Lego reenactments of Return of the Jedi on YouTube with more going for them than our next film, Star Wars The Clone Wars. What uh, we have here, besides a failure to communicate any of the Star Wars magic to audiences, is a knockoff and a tie-in to the Clone Wars TV series debuting this month. So, who's in it? For starters, young Obi-Wan and young Anakin Skywalker. Yoda, still talking in that nutty, bass-ackward way, has signs Anakin, a Padawan named Asuka, to learn the Jedi tricks of the trade. Where the fun begins. Race you to the top. I'll give you a head start. Your mistake. Attention cables! I'm right behind you, Master! That's one of the tricks. How to slaughter enemies while scaling the climbing wall at REI. Clone Wars pits the forces of the Galactic Republic against the Confederacy. The plot has to do with Jabba's son, Rada the Hutt, getting kidnapped and he's sick and he needs help, but the movie doesn't care. It's more interested in weaponry than child care issues. <laughs> Shall we continue? My pleasure. The animation here, which looks like woodcuts that yeah. failed to get animated, is alarmingly mediocre. And yes, for the record, the quality of animation <laughs> does matter in an animated feature. George Lucas himself executive produced this picture, which takes place chronologically between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith for you wonks. But while the Star Wars brand is gold, Clone Wars feels like the clone of a clone of the son of a clone, and as Yoda would say, skip this thing you should. Or even sucks this movie does. Alright, we're back, and uh, now I think we're going to get get your your pros and cons. I, I have got it. I, I could really gush. Movie. You know, I could really gush and, and give a lot of pros. I mean, I really liked the movie. I, I didn't have any major beefs with it. I thought it moved. You know, I thought it told an entertaining story. It wasn't too short, but it wasn't real long. I, I think it was a good length for, you know, for what is really essentially, I, I think, a kid's movie. Um, but, you know, a lot of kids' movies these days, you know, they're either so short that the parent feels kind of cheated dollar-wise, or they run long, <laughs> and then the kids start to get bored, and, and the yeah. parent's like, okay, you need to wrap it up, you know, I need to get out of here. This movie really was about the, the right length, you know, I didn't see any kids getting bored or, you know, getting up and wandering around the theater, and the showing I went to, there were a lot of children, so, you know, I, I applaud it for, you know, being able to keep the interest of the, of especially the younger kids. I think that's um, what it's made for. Oh yeah, I mean my major my major pros the the things I really want to give a shout out to are first and foremost 
the battle scenes in this movie were absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, I to me, Star Wars works best when it's big ass pieces of machinery blowing the hell out of each other. You know, whether it's walkers or you know, giant robots or you know, giant ships or whatever. In this movie, or all of them at once. <laughs> yeah, every, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, the big spider, you know, I don't know what they're called. I, I haven't kept up as well in the terminology of the yeah, things as I, I do the original trilogy. But the giant three-legged spider-looking things, you know, with that, that rotated, you know, at the beginning of the movie, I really liked them. Um, the, uh, the beetle-looking walkers that the Republic Army had, you know, especially when they... That whole scene where they go up the side of that cliff, On the cliff face—that yes. amazing. I mean, I really thought that that was r very, very cool. You know, the the walkers literally digging in claws like a cat and climbing yeah. the, that cliff. That was really awesome. I and then when one it. of them would get hit and start tipping, and almost at that tipping point, and where she's on top of one that's tipping was. Really, you got a really good feel for the tentativeness of this thing before it would drop, and I like that yeah, was that, very good. Yeah, it played right into my natural sense of of vertigo and and fear of heights and fear of falling and all that. And I, I thought the camera work was excellent as far as really giving you that feeling of you know, oh, I'm I'm about to fall. You know, I, I really like that. I really like that how they played to to that that natural fear that people have of, of falling from off the side of a mountain or whatever yeah <laughs> you know but they i i thought just about all the battle and i'm talking like i'm not talking necessarily the the lightsaber scenes because to be honest we've seen a lot of lightsaber battles now and i, I do kind of weary of lightsaber battles after a time but the just the the all-out action scenes with just tons of troopers and robots and you know giant mechanical droids and huge ships blowing each other up just all those really 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 big battle scenes i thought some of the better battle scenes were in were in this movie you know of, yes. of all of the the star wars movies i thought this really featured some of the best battle scenes i really liked that um the next thing was, uh, I don't know how to describe it exactly, I'll just call it the scope. I thought the scope of the movie was very well. You know, for something that could have looked really cheesy TV style, they didn't, they didn't go that way with this. Even though this is essentially the pilot for the TV show, it still had a very cinematic, widescreen look to it. You know, some of the cityscapes, some There's of the... There's scenes where one character's on one end of the widescreen and one character's on the other end of the widescreen and they're talking. Yep, they took full advantage of it. Um, some of the vistas were, were just really beautiful. And that's one of those things I, I think that people might not consciously think about when they think Star Wars, but the Star Wars movies, all of the Star Wars movies, have at least a couple of moments of really grand otherworldly vistas you know in in episode one you know you've got some really beautiful shots of naboo and sweeping vista shots and stuff and you know in the original star wars you know you've got luke you know 
longingly looking at you know the sun's going down in that beautiful scene yeah. with the John Williams music and this movie you know didn't really have any longing shots like that but it did still have some really beautiful vista shots you know with the sun setting behind Anakin and his Padawan walking through the desert and things like that and well, just some really nice little vista moments that I, I thought were really a, a, a nice Star Wars touch and and the, and the lighting and the the, the background, just the backgrounds and the lighting and the color of this movie, very was beautiful, lush, dense, you know, fully formed backgrounds, and it was, it was, you know, it was moody at points. It, it was bright, and during the battle scenes, a lot of the time, it, it would be bright and crystal clear. But you know, when you would get into the more interior scenes and stuff the backgrounds were all like saturated reds and blues and it was just beautiful to look at you know right. very well designed very well thought out and I just don't I don't understand how people can't just let go and say you know it, it's like sitting down um, the um, well, you know who I went with. It's uh, John Sparacino is in town to visit me, and I oh, roped him okay. into driving me to... He's like, what should we do today? I'm like, we should go see Star Wars. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and he was like, oh, I don't know about this movie. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I remember when we were roommates, he would sit down every day and he'd watch the Disney Afternoon. You know, if you could watch two hours of the Disney Afternoon of, you know, Darkwing Duck and stuff like that... <laughs> enjoy it you should be able to enjoy this you know if you're not expecting it to be Julius Caesar you know <laughs> and it, I mean it immediately the movie if if you don't like if you don't like the voiceover over the opening crawl or if you can't handle that you should just get up and walk out mm -hmm. at that point because it's basically announcing this movie is going to be filled with cheese it's gonna have cheese in it it's gonna have cheesy humor it's going to have kitty elements to it. It's going to be, it's not going to, it's, you know, it's Star Wars through that filter. Right. Through all, through all different kinds of kitty filter. But there's still some pretty, it's pretty violent movie. A lot of people get killed in it. You know, there's a lot of, or there's a lot of killing and destroying. For that, you know, the, most of the people that get killed are faceless clone troopers. You know, endless robots get killed. But there's clone troopers, and there's, you know, there's also, you realize that there's, like, ships full of people that get blown up routinely. And so, so it has, it's not completely kidified. It's not completely Saturday morning. But that's always how George Lucas works, too. He, there's always something, he mixes some scandalous elements with kitty stuff, or he takes a movie, that's what Temple of Doom was, it had... It had um, all these kitty elements to it, but it was the most bloody movie, <laughs> you know, that he'd done to that point, and people were just like going crazy, you know. Even though it's utterly ridiculous, and you pull a guy's heart out of his chest, and it's still beating, and the guy's screaming and down at Molaram, 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 and you know, so it's not like this realistic depiction of someone getting their heart removed. 
but it still was scandalous. It's pretty much where PG-13 came from. Right. And this one, this one isn't bloody. There's not a drop of blood in it. But it's still pretty violent. So it's, and I think that's a nod to the adults there. There's some, and, and Zero the Hut, Truman Capote is, a, you know, and there's nods to other genres, and there's nods to, you know, the Three Stooges and Warner Brothers stuff. And, uh, in that context, it all, even in the main movies, and that that works sometimes. You know, I mean, episode three, the tribute to uh, two thousand and one. Yeah, I love that. The astronaut standing there it was beautiful. When I saw I that, really I really think a like, lot Aw. of people missed that. I really think that that was that was really like a major geek. Uh, Easter egg that a lot of people did not catch. You know, I love two thousand and one, and I used to have the giant size comic adaption of it mm-hmm. and on the back cover of it was that photograph right so you know that that's that that image and the way it's composed is etched into my head well, i have and the I mean, album the the mm-hmm. actual record album of the soundtrack and it folds out into that picture yeah 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 and uh and there's a piece of pre-production art where they and, and you know Stanley Kubrick basically completely just brought that production artwork to life. So the pre-production artwork is so close to being a still from the movie, and I've seen that a lot. So that that image has been so. As soon as that popped up, I was just like, "Oh my God, it's 2000, 2001 a Space Odyssey," and it's obviously obvious something's up because how often do you see a guy in a spacesuit in Star Wars? Never, you never really see anybody in a spacesuit, you know. Not, not quite like that, no. no they're, they're, I mean, they're all. Re- I mean, the thing about it is, they're all really confident about their spaceships, mm-hmm. you know. And think the Rebel Alliance is kind of a ragtag team. Do you think they'd wear spacesuits when they're taking those long X-wing journeys? Just in case, you know, the little piece of space dust hits the windshield and <laughs> you lose pressure, but they never seem to worry about that at all. So they, they must have some pretty damn good technology. <laughs> and uh, what well, one thing, one one of my cons was a, another minor quibble is I think R2 flew too much in it, in this. Yeah, I see, I... I have some cons, but I tried to stay away this, and, and it's funny too because that's really the thing I'm probably known for amongst my my peers and my circle of friends, and especially my wife. You know, I aggravate the hell out of her watching movies like this because I will nitpick the hell out of them. Uh-huh. This one I gave a major pass because I really didn't nitpick a lot of that kind of stuff. I yeah. mean, I, I could though. I mean, one of the things that's that bugged me. You know, they did it in episode three, and it kind of bugged me a little bit, and I gave him a pass, and then they did it again in this movie, and I said, okay, this is too much, is when he ejects from a cockpit, and he sprints like 10 feet in the air, and then slams down, and I'm thinking, you know, he's just a little robot, you know, wouldn't that mess something up in him, you know, he seems kind of delicate to me. I'm telling you, oh, that that technology, and they got... They got it down. <laughs> I guess. 
I mean, that just seems like that would mess something up somewhere, you know? He, he, he travels around a, like crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It was just little things like that. But really, my this one's probably a nitpick, too. But it just seemed like a little bit bigger of a nitpick. And it really does bother me. <sighs> Tattooing. Uh, yeah, every this time. is six times in seven movies. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really done with tattooing. Can we can we please go to some other planets? You know, I I understand that that's where Jabba lives. I understand that's where uh, Anakin comes from. I understand that's where Luke comes from. But please, I, I really really had enough of tattooing. You know, we had it six times in seven movies. Not to mention all the times in the Star Wars newspaper strip, the Star Wars comics, you know, whether it's Marvel or Dark Horse or whoever. I mean, I'm really, really tired of Tatooine. There are an infinite number of other planets in whatever galaxy this is supposed to be that they could go to, you know. I've really had enough of Tatooine. If I never see Tatooine again, you know, I'm perfectly cool with that. So that's a minor thing. But I really am tired of it. That and and a thing that is kind of wearing on me. And I, I guess I'm probably just going to have to get used to it because I imagine they're going to do it ad nauseum with two TV shows coming out. But, you know, one thing that was really kind of neat and, and really original at first with Clone Wars and, and even with the prequel trilogy were the little moments where if you're a serious Star Wars fan, you realize that they were making some sort of a nod or some sort of a reference to the original trilogy. Uh-huh. You know, there was a moment in the episode of The Clone Wars where Anakin pursues Ventress to Yavin 4. There is a shot of Anakin's ship going basically underneath Yavin on its way to the moon and it is a duplicate the exact same motion in the same shot as when the Falcon did it in the original Star Wars it goes under the planet the same exact way there's a part where Anakin is in a dogfight with somebody and it's probably Ventress but I can't remember but there's a part where he's in a dogfight and he's having a hell of a time locking on to this other ship he finally locks on and gets the little, you know, the little yeah. alert that tells him he's locked on. And he says, I have you now, which is exactly what he says when he gets Luke in his sights right. in the original story. Those kind of things at first I really got a kick out of. I really loved. But now I hate to say it, they're getting a little old, you know? Yeah. They're getting yeah. a little forced after a while. Yeah, they, yeah, they are exact, exactly. That's a perfect word for it. He forced. feels like he has to do. He feels like he needs to do those little in, in jokes, and I don't mind them. Some because sometimes they can be great in a movie. I love seeing like the arc in the new Indiana Jones movie, but just as a little reference or a side thing, and I understand his. He wants a resonancy of similar things happening. You know, in the yeah. movie, from from one movie to another, is sort of history repeating itself, and that that's fine. But I I guess what bugs me more is it, it's the same. It's the tattooing thing all over again. Is that, that you know, this is a galaxy. Galaxies are enormous, and they have you know, you know, like Carl Sagan used to say, billions and billions of stars. Yeah. 
you know, so I mean, if there's billions and billions of stars and planets, then there's, you know, uncounted numbers of living Species. things. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that we keep seeming to bump into... Right. You know, like, like the Cantina Band. Now, I realize it's probably not the exact same Cantina Band, but, but yeah. still... It, it was kind of neat, and I didn't mind it too much, except for the fact that we we do seem to keep having this problem, you know? I mean, by episode three in the prequel trilogy, you know, we were getting Chewbacca. It right. was neat to see him, but really, you know, I mean, did we really need Stewie in there? I, I didn't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it, you know what I'm saying? It, it's like, you're in a it, galaxy, yet you're with the same, like, 12 people all the time, you know? It's it takes like, you to the point of taking you out of the reality of it going like, Oh, hey, you know? Oh, it's Frank Johnson. Right. You know, my old roommate from college. There he is. Right. <laughs> oh, just, you know, that's right. He's going to be the... Pr his... His son ends up killing my son. It's just... Well, you know, also, you know, you've, you've already got fans that are flipping out and, and losing their minds trying to figure out why Uncle Owen doesn't remember C-3PO and why Darth Vader, who invented C-3PO now, you know, doesn't remember C-3PO and The Empire Strikes Back. Well, now you've got Anakin has met Jabba the Hutt and given him his name, Skywalker, yet... Jabba meets Luke Skywalker and doesn't make any sort of connection, doesn't make any sort of reference, and it's things like that. It's not necessarily that it well, bugs me, is that it... it, it I it's can understand the C-3PO thing because C-3PO is just sort of a generic protocol droid, and it's established that they're all over the place, all different it, kinds I don't of know. I call droids. shenanigans with that one only because it would be different it would be different with Owen if he met C-3PO the same and spent the same amount of time and interaction with C-3PO as he did with R2-D2. You know, R2-D2 is there for what? Like a couple hours? Yeah. And then goes off and he doesn't see him again for 20 years. C-3PO lived there and worked for uh, you know, Owen and, and his dad that whole time while Anakin was away. You know, so that's a good, what, 10 year stretch? Yeah. That he belonged you know, he, he, he was part of that family, and then suddenly he goes away. He comes back 20 years later with gold plating, and suddenly the guy has no idea who he... It just... I don't know. I call shenanigans on that. But anyway, yeah. we're, I'm getting off the point, but... Um, really, my, 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 my only three non-nitpicky, I guess you would say, cons were... I still... I still wish they'd gone with hand-drawn animation versus the computer animation. I thought the animation was, was really well done. I thought it was fluid. It looked really good. But, I, I'm, you know, it, it's, it was still a I little agree. disconcerting with, with, to me to go with the hand-drawn animation template and then make it computers. So, you know, you're two degrees removed, basically, in that aspect, you know? I would have liked to have seen a combination with the characters. Not that I really didn't... It's not that I didn't like the way the characters look, but I would have almost... It was weird. And when you looked close at them, every, everything looked, everybody looked like they were made of foam. 
which is okay too. Mm -hmm. But it was, uh, I would have almost rather, and, and when you'd see somebody in their holographic form, they would almost be a cartoon because they would basically just be an outline mm -hmm. with no definition in between as far as shading or anything. You'd just see an outline and eyes and they'd be talking. And I was thinking, you know, it'd be really neat if like the characters were traditionally cell animated and still stylized but just animated and animated really well into the computerness of it or maybe also with some computerness added to it to like help with shading of lights and stuff like that but uh i would have thought i thought that would have been pretty cool if they would have done that well my last two real quick i'm not sure that these actually could qualify as cons so i'll, I'll preface some by asking you how it looked in your theater but um the colors did did the colors look funny when you saw it because to me the the colors a lot of times especially on close-ups of characters reminded me an awful lot like when your computer plays like an old video game or something and it goes to the, like that 256 color and it just looks weird you, you know what i'm talking about the, no yeah and we're may, see that's, that's what i'm saying i'm not sure that this qualifies as a con because it may just be the theater where i saw it at but the the color looked odd to me a lot of times on like character close-ups it, it was like the the like the computer it was almost like you were zoomed in too far and it was starting uh -huh. to pixelate or something I, I i'm having trouble describing exactly what it looked like but it was just that weird kind of like your computer was in safe mode you know <laughs> that yeah that weird, no i, was, that I wasn't color. getting that at all and uh and this other this other one goes hand in hand with that was the sound now did you have full surround sound yes damn it it must be my theater now see, this is a brand new movie theater. There wasn't, there wasn't an awful, it wasn't doing an awful lot. I remember one part where there was sort of like a bird or a swamp creature chirping or something and it was off to the left and above us, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. So, because I could hear the surround sound all around me, but there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of dynamics. To yeah. It, you know, there wasn't yeah, that... a lot of like a lot of stuff happening back here. And I think that's from time constraints. And I think, you know what, I, I miss Ben Burt. Yeah. If, this, if Ben Burt had sound designed it, it was, it was a little tinny sounding. I but felt... It, it fit along with it, but if Ben Burt did the sound design, it would have been just a little extra layer of coolness, because he's awesome, you know, just like if John Williams had scored the music. Although, the music didn't really you know I heard an electric guitar at one point and there were sort of terminatory sort of themes to it but the music didn't really bother me that much I was sort of getting prepared to hate the music or like have it be really over the top but it, it, it was different than most Star Wars there was a lot of things that were like visually and audio wise different than they didn't sort of fit in the Star Wars formula right. that he's established, but I didn't care because it was it's established that this is a cartoon, so it's going to have its own formula. 
So I was just figuring I'm seeing the formula getting established now. So I didn't really mind all the, the, the weird music and weird for Star Wars anyway. Yeah, I listened and, and to the sound that would really bother me. I listened to the soundtrack several times before I went to the movie and the first time or two I listened to it I, I was like, I don't know, I sure am nervous about this movie because I'm not crazy about the music. But it kind of grew on me over time, and I, I didn't hate it. it. It's like you say, it's not a traditional Star Wars score by any means, but it, it was very much, you know, animated movie score. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I didn't hate it, and I thought it worked fairly well. I mean, I did not ever expect that it would be John Williams, but I was kind of hoping maybe it would be uh, Joel McNeely who scored um, the uh, Shadows of the Empire score. You know, and he, he did an excellent score because that one there is very, you know, traditional score, yet it, it's not necessarily a traditional Star Wars score. And so yeah. I thought he would have worked very well. But, the, the, you know, this guy did a passable job for what he was, you know, what he was working with. And I, I don't hate it. I can listen to it. And, it, you know, it worked in the context it was used in, which is, you know, that's the important thing. Another thing I liked, I thought the voice actor for Anakin was actually better than Hayden Christensen. <laughs> That's not much of a stretch, really, no. but yeah, yeah, I did, I liked him too. He didn't whine at all, really. There wasn't I, any I didn't, real I didn't mind the, uh, the Obi-Wan act, uh, voice actor either, I, I he thought. He wasn't bad. He was, sometimes you could tell the sort of clip speech he used, he was like really, you know, trying hard. It's, I, you know, I think Ewan McGregor sounded much more natural doing his Alec Guinness style of speech. Did you stay all the way to the end of the movie? No. Why does something happen? Did I leave? Fuck. What happened? Uh, Nick Fury shows up to recruit uh, Anakin into the event. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but no, I, I, I've, I don't leave anymore because uh, you know, I, I was smart enough to stay. You know, for the Nick Fury thing with uh, with Iron Man and. Uh, I did miss out on the thing with uh, with Professor X in, in X3. So I've, I've, you know, when you and I were kids, I mean, we always stayed to the end of the to movie. The for, very end. You know, and we hardly ever got any sort of payoff. But I, I've gotten back in that habit now where I always stay. And yeah, there is uh, just a little, just a little thing worth staying for at the very end of the movie. You know, so if you haven't seen it yet or you're going to go see it again or whatever... Stay all the way through the credits. There, there is. I mean, it's not much. It's not a Nick Fury moment, but you know, it's it's cute. It's worth staying for. Ah, I hate it when I do that. <laughs> it's okay. I'm um, gonna see it again. Yeah. So I, you know, the the sound thing was really that was my only major complaint, and now I'm not sure if that's a complaint against the movie or if that's a complaint against the theater where I saw it at, because you know, it is a brand new theater. They've got. You know the very sophisticated, you know Dolby Digital and all that. So I don't know what the deal was with the sound. I, I guess I don't know. I guess There's it was a, the movie. Number but of things that could go wrong with it. I don't know. know. I mean, I could tell that it was stereo, but that was about it. It was it was like watching it through TV speakers. You know, it it, yeah. it there was nothing dynamic. Nothing went you know around me or behind me or anything. And I was really disappointed in that because you know as amazing as the action was. You know the the sound only amplifies that. You know when it when it really sucks you in. You know and yeah. and unfortunately the sound didn't suck me in. It, it reminded me of watching 
the Clone Wars animated series because for the first 20, you know, when it was, you know, the first 20 episodes were, are when it was being done as shorts before it became an actual right. you know, show. And those shorts are not surround sound. You know, they're just, they're really just mono sound. And it wasn't until they hit episode 21 and it became an actual show that they actually put any sort of production value into the, you know, surround sound or, or stereo or whatever. It, you know, it's, I'm not sure if it's surround, but it is dynamic. You know, it, it is at least right. stereo, which it's not in the first 20. It's not even stereo. So, you know, this, this kind of made me feel like I was watching the animated series, you know, the original 20 episodes again, because the sound didn't engulf me. It's a, it's, it's a lot like, well, you know, when we got to the movie theater, now in movie theaters, there's like 15 minutes of just straight up commercials for Pepsi and Coke being projected on a, by video, mm -hmm. you know, through a video projector. So that that always rankles me because it's like, wait, I came here and paid ten dollars to see this movie <laughs> to watch TV, to, yeah, and not just to watch TV because it's different. It, it makes my eyes hurt seeing that video image that big, and and not just TV, but just commercials. Mm -hmm. And then and then when it finally goes to film, oh, it's so awesome. But man, I hate that. And and the theater we saw had three separate um, reminders right in a row to turn your fucking cell phone off basically. <laughs> one with like Martin Scorsese and uh, then one with the two animated sort of cat leopard creatures at the movie theater where the female told the male creature to turn his phone off. I and think then, you only need one and it needs to say exactly what you just said. It needs yeah. to just come right out and have somebody come out and yell at the audience and say, turn your fucking cell phones off. You only well, need one, but it needs to be firm and it needs to use the F word. <laughs> yeah. Drop that F-bomb, it gets people's attention right away. I guess that shows how dumb America has gotten. And then the third one just had this music going... Oh, and it's just a sign that says, you know, turn off your cell phones now. Yeah, that's and, replacing ours. And there's like this, you know, sort of weird, fuzzy, stringy thing going on at the same time. And I'm thinking that's where they're embedding the subliminal voices saying, you know, go to the concession stand. Because <laughs> it's all sort of hypnosis-y, new agey, or as I like to pronounce it, new agey. Sort of music, you know, it's very ambient, just like, uh, and I was like, really, we need three. Uh, I'm, I don't have a cell phone, so I don't even worry about it, but I'm just like, wow, they probably put one in and that didn't work, two in didn't work, and they were like, hey, hey, the last the third person one in, and all of a sudden it works, nobody uses their cell phone. The last fool that whipped out his cell phone during my movie got a jujube side the head, yeah. so. That, oh, that, I hate that shit. Yeah, I they even had ones that are like, "Don't text." <laughs> the light from your text screen is. Yeah, that's what it was. It, it was, you know, the the theater we went to see whatever movie I can't remember what movie it was, but the theater it's stadium seating, but it's basically divided into two tiers. You got like the upper tier, and then you've got like an aisle where you can walk all the way across. You know, that divides the two tiers, and then you have the lower tier. So we're in the middle of this movie, and somebody in the lower tier whips out their cell phone, 
And, you know, there's no noise, there's no beeping or anything, but just by them having the thing open and doing whatever the hell they were doing, checking the time or texting or whatever they were doing, that light was so bright that it yep. pulls your eye to what they're doing. So, I, you know, I, I bounced something off of them. I was like, damn it, you know, that just that really, that's just annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's just rude it's and inconsiderate, rude. but, you know, there's a lot of rude and inconsiderate idiots when you go to the movies. It's another thing that's driving people away from the cinema. Anyway, um, the only other thing I can think of is, uh, did, did you have any good previews before your movie? Because I was disa- disappointed in, in my theater that I did, we didn't really have anything decent. All it was was a, there was a preview for the sequel to Madagascar, hmm. which I think really. Yeah. And my kids would like to. They like that. It was that. cute. It was cute. There was another one about a dog that it was a Disney one. Bolt. Yes, that looked like yeah. it could be that it, that could go either way, but it, it's a it's a it's a neat premise for a a story. It's an unusual, you know, it's not your standard sort of CG story yeah. that, that it is sort of a fish out of water story but it, it's it, it's a it's an original idea it looked kind of interesting so that that could have you know I was watching it and going well this could be a cute and, and decent movie it's hard to tell or it could really suck you know it depends you can never tell completely from a preview you know I read on the forums that somebody um I don't know who it was or where it was, but somebody said that they had a Watchmen um, preview before their movie, which I, I would have liked to have seen. And I was disappointed because I really, I, I guess I'm crazy to have expected it, but I really, really w- was expecting to see at least the teaser for um, Captain America, and I, I was disappointed that there wasn't something up there. And now that I think about it, I didn't think about it at the time, but uh, I still haven't seen the uh, the Star Trek teaser that's out there. I mean, I've seen it online, but I haven't seen it in the theater yet, and I, I would like to see that because just watching it online, I get chills. So I can imagine seeing it in the uh, in the theater. I'm, I'm, I've really stayed away. I haven't seen this teaser or anything about that, so I'm actually completely I'm interested. I'm but I'm skeptical, so... Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a show, so I won't give my feelings about the new... Other than to say I'm I'm scared to death. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you get time, look at the... Look at the t- it, do, it doesn't reveal anything about the movie. I mean, it, right. it, gives you, it gives you nothing. But I'm interested to hear your take on watching it, only to see if you get chills, because despite my personal apprehensions about the movie, that, that trailer just... It hits my my Trek geek button, man. It, it was it was a really good just oh kind of thing, you know, because it, it it ends. I'll, I'll spoil this much for you. It ends with the classic beaming sound and just that, you know, that I uh, kind of I can't yeah. duplicate the sound of my voice, but you know that 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 classic yeah. beam beam out sound and that kind of echoey. It's got a glassy, crystal yeah. sound to it. It's just, oh, it just, it was really, it was really a geek moment. I was just like, oh, that's, that's cool. But then I remember all the, all the stuff I'm hearing about it, and I'm like, well, that could be the coolest moment know. in this new movie. <laughs> you never know. You never know. expectations is sometimes a good thing. It certainly was in the case of Clone Wars, I thought. 
was in the case of Clone. Well, you know, it's funny because my my two favorite movies of the year are two movies I went in with extremely low expectations, and you know, one of them being this movie, and the other one being my favorite movie of the summer, which was uh, which was the Hulk. I went in, you know, after after the Ang Lee movie, I went into the, this Hulk going, probably gonna suck. I'll give it a shot, and I ended up just loving it. I, I thought it was, you know, a lot better than, you know, not that I didn't like Iron Man, but I just thought it was a lot better. It, it was it was the comic book movie I was looking for. But anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about the Hulk in a Star Wars uh, show, but I guess this wasn't the Star Wars movie that most people were looking for. It wasn't the Star Wars movie I was looking for, but I was happy with what I found. You know, I I mean, I cannot complain. I can't say that they did not deliver enough Star Warsness to satisfy me. I was happy with it. I, I was perfectly happy with it, you know? Were- and uh, and we, uh, we definitely want to hear from you, you know, on, on both sides of the fence. You know, if you, if you back us up, and you liked it, and you don't get what everybody else is 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 bitching about. We'd like to hear from you. And if you're on the other side, if you're one of the folks going, you know, oh, this movie sucked. You guys are nuts. I hated it. Blah blah blah. You know, we want to hear from. We want to know why. Why do you hate it? What What yeah, is wrong? I want to know. Well, you know, why are you such a joyless bastard? Oh, That's I mean, I'm not going to tear somebody up over. I mean, I, I really want to know. I mean, I'm not going to beat anybody <laughs> up if they if they email and tell me I'm nuts and give me, you know, a list of a thousand reasons why it totally sucked. I mean, I really want to know what are they not, you know, because I've been there. I mean, I've been there. I I had a very unpopular opinion about The Dark Knight, you know. Anybody who knows me on the forums know that I took the stance that The Dark Knight sucked. And I really got beat up for it, you know. Everybody, it seems like the whole rest of the planet loves that movie and I hated it and you know I, I so having been on that side of the fence now I'm on the other side of the fence I liked Clone Wars I want to know why it seems like most everybody else hates Clone Wars so you know definitely write us let us know um, you know we can be uh, gotten a hold of at uh, two true freaks at gmail.com that's T-W-O true freaks at gmail.com and we now have a forum on uh, the comicforums.com. Um, thank you to Comic Geek Speak, um, Peter Rios and Brian Deemer and the guys over there were, were very generous and let us uh, have a little space to play and uh, you know, either uh, play in their sandbox or piss in their pool, depending on uh, how you want to look at that situation. But uh, did you have anything else to say about uh, Clone Wars, Chris? No, um, I'll just say don't listen to the reviews go check it out it's worth seeing on a big screen it's uh <laughs> it's it's just just go there for the sheer fun of it it's a popcorn movie it's a sugar movie stock up on your jujubes and popcorn and caffeinated soda and knock yourself out and bring kids go go to a matinee where there's going to be a bunch of little kids there screaming and yelling and it makes it fun and hey you know guys you know i know that that chris and i were not the only ones to speculate about this you know if we ever do want to see an episode seven possibly seven eight nine you know i i really do believe in my heart of hearts that if we ever are going to get those movies 
that more than likely they would have to be done in the animated style. So, you know, even if you're very cautious about this movie or whatever, go see it, because if you support it, it, it lends that much more possibility that we'll get more movies. I mean, more Star Wars, man. That, that can't be a bad thing. So, you know, support the movie. Go check it out. You know, to hell with the critics. How many times have the critics been wrong? You know? I listened to the critics and missed out on seeing Tron at the theater. So, you know, take it for what it's what it's worth. Um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, I'm yeah. Scott Gardner. And I'm Chris Honeywell. And we are Two True Freaks. We'll see That's you next time. Sure.